0: doing all of that. Uh, All right, here's uh, the question uh, we are looking at today. We're starting a brand new series, and here's the question I want to ask is, how many unopened presents do you have? And uh, let me clarify that a little bit. Uh, When I say presents, gifts, here's what I mean. I mean, uh, it could be birthday presents, it could be uh, Christmas presents, it could be not from today, but like other Mother's Day, Father's Day gifts, anniversary gifts, and I, I know how it goes. Somebody gives you a gift, and you get it, you know, it's wrapped, it looks great, but you don't quite have time to open it at the moment, you know, so you, you shove it in the closet, you put it under the bed, you, and then everyone, it's in the back of your trunk, your car, and every once in a while you see it and you're like, oh, I, I got to open that. And then you just, you get busy again, so you just haven't got around to opening yet. And so I know we all have them, but like just a little interaction this morning. How many, like, how many 10 or more unopened gifts? Anybody have 10 or more unopened gifts just chilling out around their house? Five? Anybody have five, five or more? Three, yeah? (laughs) Three, two? You actually have some, Aaron? This is supposed to be a joke, man. How many unopened gifts do you have? About three? All right, so Aaron and the rest of us. All right, hold on to that for a moment. (laughs) Uh, Here's some ones that you might be able to, unfortunately me, maybe you, can relate to a little bit more. Uh, So uh, Indeed, uh, their job search engine, uh, they did a a study on the idea of burnout. And uh, here's what they found. They said over half, 52% of survey respondents are experiencing burnout in 2021. And that's up from 43%, 10% increase, who said the same in pre-COVID-19 surveys. And I won't make you raise your hand for that, but I'm guessing if I asked, are you a part of the 52% that has experienced some sort of burnout over the last couple years, uh, you might be able to raise your hand. Uh, uh, another, uh, according to the American Institute of Stress, which, side note, like, can you imagine working for the American Institute of Stress? Like, with that, what's like the work culture, you think, there. Just, <laughs> anyways, uh, they found that 73% of people Have stress that impacts their mental health, and seventy-seven percent of people experience stress that affects their physical health. And I bet many of us could raise our hand and say, "Yeah, no, I, I get that." Uh, On the other hand, then uh, Harvard uh, did a study a little bit ago, and they found that busyness has actually become a status symbol. Uh, So there's something about when you ask somebody how you're doing that it's almost Cool. It's like almost like a, a humble brag to be like, oh, I'm just so busy because we feel a pressure that we are supposed to be really, really busy. And if we have just been lounging out doing nothing, then that's a, a sign that we're just not really adding up. And like, we want to be a busy person, even though it's killing us. And actually what a lot of folks are now finding uh, both physical and then uh, emotional uh, uh, medical community is talking about this idea of what they call hurry sickness. That many of us just are living such fast-paced, hurried, stressful, burnout lives that is creating this thing called hurry sickness. Uh, And so you might be wondering, is that me, am I someone that's struggling with hurry sickness? Uh, There's a a great book that we're going to point to uh, a lot over the next uh, two months. It's called The Elimination. It's hard to read there, but The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry fantastic book. I'll talk about it more uh, in a few minutes here. encourage you to read that over the next uh, few months. But he says that there's 10 symptoms of hurry sickness. And so you can kind of just do a self-evaluation with yourself. Are you someone that is living too hurried, too fast-paced, too stressful, leading to burnout kind of a life? And here's some things that you might be experiencing if you are. Uh, first one he says is irritability. Do so you just you just get mad way too easy. And it's like, it's something little, it's small, you know, I mean, it was just spilled milk. It was just, you know, a, a, another driver who did the same kind of thing that you would have done, but you just find yourself just like losing it in anger. Uh, another one, uh, just overwhelmed. You just feel this sense that like, I mean, just, you can't even like process life because it just feels so overwhelming all the time. Uh, another one is just Restlessness. Just, you're so hurried that even when you try to be still, you almost can't be still. You know, you end up like you, you can't be bored anymore. You just find yourself like you're looking at your phone, you're doing something to occupy your mind. You try to lay down at night, you, you can't fall asleep. You, you know, sit down in a lawn chair to try, you know, and you just, get, you just can't stop because you're so addicted to hurry. Uh, next one, uh, workaholism working and working and working. And you feel like you have to keep working to prove something to somebody somewhere. Uh, uh, Next one, uh, sunset fatigue. This is a phenomenon they talk about that you live so much of your energy during the day that by the time you get to the end of the day, oftentimes when you're around the people that you love the most, you actually have nothing left to give. You just, all of your energy, all your passion, all your creativity is just spent during the day, and you just, just don't have anything left. Uh, another one, uh, emotional numbness. You just, you, you see, you see there's, there's people that are being happy. You see that there's people that are, you know, having a rough time, but just your own heart just feels hard. You just don't feel yourself or with others. Uh, Out of order priorities, Uh, you know. You know, I mean, you you know, like what your priorities should be. You know, okay, my 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 partner should be. You know, my my kids should be. You know, my my parents' Mother's Day should be up here. But just you're all and work should be down here. You know, how clean the house is. But your priorities are just all out of order, and like the things that should be the most important to you. When you look at how you actually spend your time, how you spend your your money, how you spend your energy, you're just it's out of whack, uh, lack of care for the body, it, exercise, sleep, uh, what you eat, uh, how much you drink, uh, uh, escapist behaviors, you get eating too much, drinking too much, mindless social media, porn, uh, and then finally uh, isolation. You just just kind of blocked yourself off, and especially. Uh, with what we're talking about, of loving Jesus, loving each other, and loving the world, there's this kind of feeling of like, I just, I feel isolated from God. I feel isolated from other people. And the the relationship I do have with God, the relationships, they're just just shallow. Uh, And again, I, I won't make us, but if we were to raise our hands and say, can any of you relate to those? I would guess all of us. I would raise my hand and say, that's a part of the lives that we are living is we are experiencing these symptoms of just hurry sickness. And so what we want to talk about, uh, we're going to take two months to do this. For the next two months is that in the midst of living these lives, uh, the God who loves us, the God who created us, has given us a gift. Uh, and this gift is Sabbath. And for many of us in this busy world that we are living in, unless you're Aaron Moore, apparently, it's a gift that we have left unopened. It's this amazing thing that God has given us on this weekly basis. And we have just ignored it. We have shoved it and we think it's great. One of these days I'm going to get to that. And what we want to do is we want to help train ourselves over the next few weeks and months to make this a regular habit, discipline in our lives, that we are taking advantage of this amazing gift. Uh, here's a, a little definition of Sabbath, in case you're not sure. Uh, Sabbath goes back to the creation of the world, but especially it goes back to the Ten Commandments, is where we see it in the first time. So this is like one of the big, this God, big uh, commandments. He says, remember, the Sabbath day, by keeping it holy... Six days, you're going to labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord. And here's what you're supposed to do on the Sabbath. On it, you shall not do any work. And this is kind of an amazing thing for... I don't know what your background is as far as growing up with God. We have different pictures of like this God who's going to like, you know, is waving his finger, you know, and like, here's the things that God's going to shall not. Here's what God is shall not in you. Don't do, stop it. Just put the computer down. Put the phone down. Just stop. You don't need dishes, you know, yard work, whatever you're, you you shall not do any work. Who? Neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigners residing in your towns. Everybody, just stop it. And here's what you're going to do. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. And the God who loves you says, I want you to have a day where everyone, not just you, your whole household, rest on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Uh, there's a lot written about the Sabbath. We'll talk about it over the next couple months. Uh, here's a quick synopsis of what the Sabbath is. Sabbath is a 24 hours of rest, feasting, fun, and worship. Again, I hope for some of us, it's like a little bit of like a category expander of who God is, the, the God who loves you, it says, one day a week. I want you to stop doing all the things that you feel like you should do, you ought to do. I want you to have one day where you just rest. And what rest looks like to you might be different than me, but I want you to have one day where you rest. I want you to have one day where you feast. What do you love to eat? Uh, what do you love to just enjoy? Uh, one day where you have fun. What is it that you love to do? And one day where you just worship, not necessarily singing, but maybe singing. But just those times where you just like take a walk or you look up in the heavens or you're working in the garden or whatever it is, those moments where you're like, God is good. Uh, And we're gonna look at that over the next little bit. And again, what uh, God says for uh, us is that this is a gift. This is something that God has given us. Uh, Here's how Jesus said it once. Jesus says that, then he, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man. This is something I... God, in his creation of the world, he, he wired us for the Sabbath. This isn't something that's not man for the Sabbath. This not, God doesn't need this. Uh, God's not, this is something that is a, a, literally a gift to us. Uh, so again, for the next two months, uh, we're going to spend time uh, talking about this. Uh, here's where we're going to go uh, for the next uh, two months. So, oh, sorry. first. There's two books that I would love for you, if you're someone who wants to just read deeper in this, if you're looking at those initial symptoms of hurry and you're like, oh, man, like, I have a lot of growth <laughs> to do in this. And, and I totally get it. Uh, if you want to do some extra credit reading, this is, these are two wonderful books. Uh, one is by uh, Mark Buchanan called The Rest of God. Probably one of my top five books of all time. Uh, then I've just read this one recently, just came out. Uh, but The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, just absolutely uh, amazing. Uh, here's what um, uh, Mark says, and uh, this is the beginning of his book. The world is not dying for another book. And I think that's so true of like so many. Like, most of you aren't dying for more information. <laughs> most of you don't need more stuff to do. I get it. But the world is dying for the rest of God. We, we need The Sabbath. I certainly was. I became a Sabbath keeper the hard way. It was either that or die. Uh, He goes on, not die literally at least, I don't think so, but die in other ways. It happened subtly over time. But I noticed at some point that the harder I worked, the less I accomplished, which is kind of a phenomenon that like many people are actually business community is realizing right now is just working nonstop is not only terrible for you, it actually, you just stop accomplishing at some point. You actually need rest to be able to go further. Uh, I was often a whirly, whirly gig of motion. My days were intricately fitted together like the old game of mousetrap. Uh, every piece uh, precariously connected to every other. The whole thing needing to work together for it to work at all. And some of, that's how some of our schedules and lives feel like. Man, if one little thing pops off, it just goes. But there was little joy and stunted fruit. And that's true of way too many of our lives. And what Mark is saying, and more importantly what Jesus is saying, is that there's a way that you can live your life that is actually full of joy, that is full of producing fruit. But it's going to require us to make a disciplined change in our life and become Sabbath keepers. Uh, sorry, here's where we're going to go uh, over the next uh, couple uh, couple weeks. Uh, so uh, this week we're talking about is what the Sabbath is in general. Uh, in two weeks, our next live service, uh, May 22nd, we're going to talk about the idea that for you to have a Sabbath day, it's going to take a plan and it's going to take a delay. This isn't something that just Happens, and if you're just waiting for all the stars to align, and it's like, Wow, we just have nothing going on today, let's just have a day off. Our friends just showed up, the people I love most, there's all my favorite food. What are the chances? Not gonna happen. You're gonna have to create a plan. And if you're waiting just for like, Okay, I'm gonna do it, but like, I just gotta get this work project, I got all all these emails out, you know, if you're waiting till all this stuff is done, you're gonna be waiting forever. And so at some point you have to have a deadline to say, I am going to start my Sabbath and it's starting now. I know all the emails aren't done yet. I know all the things are, I I know, I know, I know, but I'm trusting God in this moment and I'm going to start my Sabbath now. We'll talk about that in a couple weeks. Uh, June 12th, we'll come back to May 29th in a second. June 12th, uh, we're going to talk about the idea of uh, more than bricks. So that you get the Ten Commandments is where this started uh, for a lot of the nation of Israel, uh, which was a group of ex-slaves who just came out of uh, Egypt. And part of the deal of slavery, and a lot of us, this is our wives, was that their whole identity was based in, here's what you, you are what you produce. If, if you're if you produce enough bricks in the day, if you met your quota, then we're going to keep you around. If you don't, then you are worthless. And you might be killed, you might be some harm done to you. And for a lot of us, our, our whole identity is based on the idea of what we produce. And if I, if I, if I don't get that job done, if I, if I don't get that great, you know, performance review, if I don't get that degree, I mean, what even am I? And part of what we want to talk about with the Sabbath, as Lenore brought up so well in the uh, introduction of the song today, is that who you are. You are precious and wonderful. Whether you've produced anything great over the last couple days or a year, God loves you just the way you are. And there's something of Sabbath that just recreates that in our life. We need that weekly reminder. We'll talk about that um, in the last uh, service uh, before we break for the summer with our groups is the idea that there's a big difference between Sabbath and crashing. And I'm super excited about that because for a lot of us, it, there's a huge difference between just getting to the end of the day and it's just like plopping on the couch and Netflix and a glass of wine and just like, it's, that's, you're at your end and you're just crashing. That's, there's a place for that in life. I get that. But what Sabbath is, is it's like actually like it's refueling you. It's like giving you what you need. And so we're going to talk about that. Uh, All right, so week I skipped, uh, May 29th, is we're going to do something. We've been trying all kinds of unique stuff over the last uh, couple years of doing church and these new rhythms. Is we're going to have a Sunday where we actually practice doing the Sabbath. So if you're not in the custom of doing Sabbath, if you're not, then we're going to kind of schedule this for you, plan and deadline, and we're going to all practice Sabbath together. And uh, here's what Mark uh, writes in his book. He says, Sabbath is a day where you get to shuck the have-tos and lay hold to the get-tos. And so what we want is we want every single one of you on that day to do something that you love, something that's fun, feasting, restful worship, and we would love for you to do it with other people. So we're not going to all do it together because not all of us love to do the same things. But I bet there's someone in this room, someone in our community that loves to do something that you do. So you can see on the back of your program, we have kind of a list of different things. And so for some of you, uh, you like to hike. For some of you, you like to go on picnics. Some of you, you like to play ultimate Frisbee. Some of you, you might want to get together with like a worship circle. Some of you like to go fishing. Some of you like to go out for brunch or have people over for brunch. Some of you just want to get together and read. And like, you read your thing, but it's not going to, we're going to read, shh, just read. Uh, uh, some of you, you want to help others. You, you want to go crafting. You want to uh, sing or listen to music. This is important. It's May 29th, folks. Some of you want to watch the Indy 500, I know. Uh, some of you want to canoe, some of you want to bike, campfire, painting. Uh, here's what we're asking you, okay? You have a few weeks to think about this. We want to do this in community. And so some of you are planners. And so if, if one of those things or something else that you can dream of, kind of pops off and you're like, you know what? I'd be up for planning a canoe trip. I would be up for planning a, 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 whatever it is that you want to do, a brunch. If you'd be up for that and you want some other people to join you, let us know and we'll help connect you with people. Some of you are like, I, don't even, I can't even think about planning something else right now. But if someone else were to plan something and let me know about it, I might go. And so uh, just be thinking about that over the next few weeks. And we need some different folks to both plan something and then other people to attend some of you, this might be like two people doing something together. That's okay. Some of you, you like bigger groups, 10 people. But we really, a lot of us are drawn with our hurriedness to isolation. And I know some of us are more introverted, some of them are extroverted. There's something about Sabbath of doing it with somebody else. You don't need to do it with a large group. Some of you might love to do it with a large group. That's awesome. But it's important for you to not, this isn't about just you being alone by yourself. There's a place for that in the spiritual life, and we'll talk about that on a different time period. But the idea of the Sabbath is that you are experiencing rest with other people. And so think about that, and we're all going to practice that on the 29th. Uh, All right, before we uh, go on, I want to spend a little bit of time before we end today talking about why this is so important, Uh, because... This isn't just like a command that God told us to do. I think that this is, and this isn't just about, I'm so hurried and busy and I just need a break. This is much deeper than that for, I believe, every single uh, one of us. Uh, So uh, two big things I want to point out why this is so important. First has to do with spiritual growth, and the second has to do with Jesus. So uh, first, here's what I mean by spiritual growth. We talk about the idea, of church is not a building, not an organization, it's a group of people. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to love Jesus, love each other, and love the world. And the idea in each of these is that these are relationships. And one of the key things about a relationship is a relationship takes time. There's no way to do any of these relationships well, to love in any of these ways, if you're in a hurry. If you want to have a great relationship with Jesus, it's going to take time to pray. It's going to take time just to listen to maybe what God is telling you. It's going to take time to be able to be around other people and listen to what God is doing in their life. And so you, you simply can't do it if your life is in a hurry. If you want to have a great relationship with other people, you need time. You can't create great, deep friendships without just having time with them. And you're not gonna real make an impact in the world around you unless you have time. And so one of the things that Sabbath does is it allows us, hopefully it's a day, but it's a day that then trickles out to the rest of our lives. But at least we have one day a week where it's like on this day, I just, I don't feel, I, I'm just gonna spend some time with Jesus, whatever that looks like for you. On this day, I'm going to spend time with other people. On this day, I'm going to see how I can make a difference in the world. And it's one set day, non-hurried, to really focus on these ever-important relationships in your life. It's similar to the idea of uh, one of the things that Ash and I have tried to do in our marriage is try to have a regular date night. Because it's one thing for us just to live with, with his word, Wally gag, whatever he did. Uh, just we're, we're just, we're, around each other, you know, and we're, we're doing dinner, we're doing work, we're doing emails, we're trying to get the kids to bed. But to have one night a week, it's like, we're gonna focus on each other. Time, not hurried. It just changes the course of the rest of the week. Uh, Dallas Willard uh, said this uh, great quote, said, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. According to Dallas, and John kind of based his whole uh, book of this, of the ruthless elimination of hurry. For a lot of us, like, maybe we've been coming to church for a long time. We've like liked a lot of these principles for a long time. But We just feel like, man, like my relationship with God doesn't feel all that close. My relationship with church family doesn't feel all that close. I I feel like I've shallow relationships in my life. What Dallas would say, I think he's right, is that the biggest enemy it's just, it's, we're just too hurried. We, we, we don't have time in our lives to have a great relationship with God. We don't have time in our lives for a great relationship with other people. So what we must do is we must ruthlessly eliminate hurry. And we'll talk about it uh, more over the next couple of weeks. But this is not easy because the stuff in your life, I get it. It's, it's big. You're going to have to say no to some things in your life you're gonna have to cut some things out of your schedule to make time for the things that matter most, and it's gonna be a little bit painful. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be a big sense of trusting, but it's gonna be worth it. Uh, the next one then is uh, as far as following Jesus. So. Our whole like MO around here is we, we are Christ Church Albany. What we are trying to do is we are trying to follow Jesus. Uh, Jesus is not only the son of God for us, although he is, he's not just the forgiver of our sins, although he definitely is. We believe that Jesus is our teacher. He's our rabbi. He, we are trying to fall. We want to live our lives as much like Jesus as we possibly can, because we believe that Jesus came to not only save us from our sins so we can go to heaven someday, but that Jesus literally came to save us from busy, overhurried, crazy, stressful lives that can be brought down by sin. Jesus literally came to show us a better way to live. And so Jesus comes and says, you wanna know how to live life to the full? You wanna live life the way that I created you? Watch me, follow me. This, This is how you live your life. And this is what you see is often very early. Sorry, go back one. Uh, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus would get up and leave the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. This is just how Jesus lived his life like this. Uh, This is how uh, John Comer says it uh, in his book. I can go to the next. If there's anything you pick up from reading the four Gospels, it's that Jesus was rarely in a hurry. Can you imagine a stressed out Jesus Snapping at Mary Magdalene after a long day, I can't believe you dropped the hummus. Sighing and saying to himself, oh, I just seriously need a glass of wine. <laughs> Can you picture him talking to you, half texting on his iPhone, the sporadic, uh-huh, uh huh, punctuating a one sided conversation? Think with me about Jesus' lifestyle for a few minutes. Jesus made sure to inject a healthy dose of margin into his life. It's been said that margin is the space between our load and our limits. For many of us, there is just no space between our loads and our limits. We're not at 80% with room to breathe. We're at 100 all the time. Jesus' weekly schedule was a profit. Was a prophetic act against the hurried rhythms of our world. Uh, again, you, you look what well, if Jesus, like if Jesus maybe had like more important things to do, maybe he wouldn't have. He, he would have had all that spare time, you know. Maybe if Jesus, like needed, like if he if he knew the pressure that I have to be able to perform in life. I think Jesus, Jesus asked us to follow after him, and so if we want to be followers of Jesus, we need to live in that. Uh, three uh, questions for you to think about uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, maybe get together with a one-on-one, maybe someone in your group, and discuss these questions. Uh, first question, what what replenishes you? Uh, maybe it's something on that list. You, you should know. Maybe you haven't talked about it or thought about it. What's that thing in your life that it's not a should do, it's a, <sighs> I get to. Like, it just... After you get done, you just, you feel a little lighter. You just, it, it just gives you like light into your soul. What is it that replenishes you? Dinner with some great friends, uh, a hike up at Thatcher Park, uh, getting together, watching a great movie with friends and talking about it, what replenishes you? And then you don't have to solve this, but I think you should name it. What's your excuse of why you don't do this on a more regular basis? because you have one. Uh, What's your excuse of why you don't do this on at least a weekly basis? And Jesus has given you the gift of saying, I want you to have one day a week where you do what replenishes you. And you have a reason of why you don't. And so what is that? Name it. Talk about it with someone else. And then I think this is the huge one. Is can you trust Jesus with whatever that excuse is? Uh, Again, here's how uh, Jesus says it. We've looked at this verse before. He says, I want you to come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, which is his way of saying, take my teaching, take my way. Watch me do what I do. Follow the leader upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, my my way, is easy and my burden is light. Uh, And I love the way that uh, the message version of the Bible translates that same verse. Uh, Here's how uh, that says it. It says, are you tired? Anybody? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me and get away and you'll recover your life. That's what God wants you to do. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. Look at the way I do it. Here's what he says. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And I think that's the tension that a lot of us will need to live in. With a lot of following Jesus, but especially with this over the next couple weeks of Sabbath is... Can we trust Jesus and can we follow him or not? Uh, and a second, is going to play a song and we're going to take communion. And that's one of the questions we ask when we take communion is, okay, Jesus says he loves me and he died for me and my sins are forgiven. Can I trust that? Or do I somehow need to like earn God's approval and God's love still? Do I need to like kind of figure out a way to like make my own sins, you know, to cover that, to cover that debt? Do I need to do that? Or can I trust God? And when it comes to the idea of the Sabbath, Jesus is saying, you can have a day where you can rest and replenish your soul. And we have a lot, but what about my emails and what about my work and my degree? And can you trust that God's way is actually the best way to live? And the things that you don't get done, do you trust that he is big enough to handle that? To handle your excuses, to handle whatever else you have going on in life. Uh, So, uh, Lenore, you can come out from behind the curtain. And uh, (laughs) we're gonna sing a song together uh, that I love about the idea of trusting in Jesus. As you do that, you can take communion and just think can you trust this God that He actually loves you as much as He says He does? Can you trust this God that your sins are actually forgiven? And can you trust this God who says, I want to give you the gift of a day off. Will you trust him enough to say, all right, my my way of obviously not sleeping enough, eating too much, drinking too much, overhurried in life is not working. I'm in. Uh, I'll try it uh, your way. Uh, Think about that. Let's pray about that as we sing. Stand.